Hey guys, it is September 1st, and this is Brutal with the House of Mirth podcast. I'm super excited to bring you into September with our first semi-real episode, as opposed to the last little bit, which was kind of just an introduction, a little bit of my feelings about what we're doing. Uh, This is going to be a short one because I don't have any guests or anything, but I had a request and I really want to reach out and try to take hold of all those requests. Anytime you all want to see something, hear something, we'll do our best to provide that. And the request I got was to talk about kind of what got me into tickling as a part of Hardcore Kink. Um, Because that's a, a space that I think you see it more than it really gets representation. But when you think of Hardcore Kink, if you think of Hardcore BDSM, in the mainstream media, you're definitely not seeing tickling, right? If you're seeing tickling in the mainstream media, it's usually a much lighter, more playful bit. And so this is kind of my own personal angle. Um, I can't tell you the story of what got me into the fetish, except to tell you that I'm kind of a lifelong person with it. I don't want to go into like, you know, stuff from childhood, you know, because we're not trying to get banned right off the bat. But, I can tell you that it's been a lifelong thing for me. It's been something I've been interested in since before I got into kink, which I got into, you know, as soon as I was an adult, essentially. Um, But, what I thought would be interesting is to tell you kind of a story about how that went full circle. Because I left tickling behind for a while. uh, As I got into kink and got into other things and found other interests, particularly rope, and sadomasochism, I kind of left tickling behind, kind of left it on the back burner. And I wanted to tell you the story about how I got back into it and how it really became a part of who I was as a dominant and also who I was as a mental dominant because I think those things are super connected and I think it's a fun story. I bet it'll ring true to a lot of people that are interested and I think it will also be interesting to those of you who are into the hardcore kinks and maybe haven't considered tickling as a part of it, right? So we'll go back to when I was a new little dom and just learning about all kinds of things. I was doing my first munches and getting to know people and learning about BDSM. And like a lot of people, I think I gravitated towards two main subjects. And I don't know if I didn't initially come in with tickling as being a big thing because I was like a little bit unsure of myself and I wasn't like ready to own my own interests or if it was because I kind of bought into a narrative that these were the things that cool BDSM people were into. I don't know. It's kind of hard to remember because it's been a little bit since I was a brand new baby doll. But... Um, I got, I started, like a lot of people, with two main focuses. Rope, which I still love to this day. Shibari is just one of my very favorite things. Um, actually, anything to do with rope. I just love rope. Uh, bondage is great in general, but rope is, is a passion of mine. The aesthetic, um, just the, the interplay between the uh, top and bottom when you're working with rope is just something unique, and I don't think it's replaceable. So rope was one of my gateway fetishes, gateway interests in kink, and I got really into rope for 
you know, really still to this day. That's one that has stayed with me and has never really waned. The other one was sadomasochism. Because that's what all the cool kids did, right? I mean, when you look at bondage, when you look at a BDSM website, when you're, you know, first getting on FET, what have you, what do you see? You see paddles and floggers, the tools of the trade, right? That's what it is. That's what BDSM is so deeply represented as. Now, I think a lot of you know, and I've certainly come to believe that that's not what BDSM is. That is a big part of BDSM. It's a cool part. But it's not what it is. BDSM is way more than that. It's way deeper than that. But I'm young, I'm learning, and that's what it was to me at that time. So perhaps because I'm really sadistic, I'm pretty heavily sadistic person, I did well in that world, in that sadomasochistic world. I had got to go to a lot of parties, got to meet a lot of people, and started working with a lot of masochists, and had a lot of fun. You know, it's not something I regret in any way, and it's not something that I don't do anymore. I just am much more selective about it. But what is it that I really, what is it that comes around to tickling, right? So one thing to know about me, just my thing, is that I'm a reaction junkie. That's probably if not the absolute number one, it's top five, right? Reasons I love BDSM way more than any kind of vanilla sex, any more than any kind of um, other thing is the reactions that you get from the submissive, right? That's, That's it for me. That's why I like tickling. That's why I like sadomasochism. That's why I like primal play. It's even why I like rope to a great extent you know, is that interplay between people and the reactions you get from them. It's amazing to me. That's what got me into it. That's what's kept me in it for well over a decade. And that's just what it's about for me. It's a huge part of what it's about for me. Without that, it becomes a lot less interesting. And that's where this story comes in. So I was going to a lot of parties, getting to know as many people as I could. Um, And... I was doing, at a certain point, I was even doing demos for sadomasochism with my partner at the time and working with different people, different masochists in particular. And it kind of became almost a a joke, a thing that I saw a lot where people would be like, oh, well, let's have Brutal work with this girl because she's a super hardcore masochist, right? Let's let's see a scene between them, right? Like it would be almost a joke. Like when you go to a party or something and it'd be like, what about him and her? What about him and her? And and it became this thing that was like, I bet a lot of you've seen it, where it's like this challenge between sadist and masochist. And it became less and less, um, how do I say it? It became less and less about the interplay between us and the reactions that I was getting from her and more and more about this challenge of like, can I break this wall? Can I get through this barrier? And I'm a puzzle guy, so I love that part of it. But what I didn't enjoy was that I would do an entire scene 
and it would be increasing levels of pain, different methods, until I finally got a reaction, and usually that reaction would often come with a safe word or something like that right then. Um, this was before I got into CNC tickling type play, and so it would, it would be the end of the scene. So everything I worked for, like everything I was interested in, literally came and ended. And I was like, this is a bummer. This is not what I love in BDSM. Like parts of it, I'm getting part of what I want. I'm having some fun for sure, but this is not what I really crave. There's no deep mental connection. There's no reaction. It's, it's me versus them in this kind of standoff. And yeah, I can win these battles, if you will, quote unquote win, right? And get through this wall, get through this barrier. And there's some satisfaction there, of course, because it's a puzzle solved. But to me, it was not what I was really looking for, really seeking. And so it kind of got me thinking, right? Kind of got me thinking. And so where did that go? Well, at the same time, just a little note about me, combat sports are my passion, absolute passion. Studied a whole lot of martial arts, um, hold a few black belts, really enjoy it. It's a big passion of mine that um, leads to this story. And I think it's part of something interesting. Um, so I was playing with this one particularly heavy masochistic top and this was a beautiful girl like so I was super interested in having a good scene right beautiful girl raven hair like tall statuesque and just known for being like a monstrously monstrously deep masochist right you could do anything to this girl right and you're not going to get a reaction she just goes into this deep space and just accepts this punishment and that's her thing that's what she's good at and so i know that it started like that's that was the challenge that people wanted to see right we were doing this at a party and they wanted to see this immovable object um unstoppable force situation and Maybe because I was super interested in this girl at the time. Maybe because I was in a certain headspace. I just wasn't there for that specific kind of interaction. I wanted a really good interaction that felt good for me, felt good for her, was actually a meaningful interaction between us at the time, right? And so what I was, so we start out, um, strapped to a bondage table kind of usual deal I have different toys available to me and I'm kind of like debating where I want to go and so rather than you know going straight into a whip or a flogger or something I was decided I was going to try something different and this week I had been working in one of my classes on applications of pressure points and you know uh, pain compliance is what we call it in the martial arts so 
I'm thinking, well, I can probably put these together, right? And at least this is going to give me a hands-on kind of interaction that where you're really getting getting tactile and close to your submissive. And that also is something that I love about tickling, but we'll get back to that. That's something I think is one of the cooler things about tickling compared to like, you know, a flogger, right? You're, you're hands-on, right? And so that's another one of my many reasons I love this fetish in specifically. So we're doing this scene and trying various pressure points and getting some reactions, like some kind of moan, groan type reactions, right? She's twisting and turning a little bit, but nothing extreme. And I'm kind of working through, working on her leg. There are some good pressure points in the thigh area. And as I get higher and I hit a spot on her ribs, right in between the ribs on the left side. I get, you, you, it's amazing the things you remember, right? In between two ribs, she jerks really hard. And she looks at me with this big frantic look. Her eyes are big and she's shaking her head. And at first, I think I know what's going on, but I'm not positive. And I legitimately am like, are you okay? Did that hurt? And she's like, real sheepish, right? No, I'm okay. And it's very out of character for this particular submissive, right? Because she's very stoic. She's very in control kind of submissive. And she's very like, she's flustered and is like clearly having a real reaction to something. So of course, being a sadist, I go back and do the same thing again. And she jerks harder and lets out like a little bit of a laugh and is like, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, don't do what? This? And did it again and again and again until she's screaming. And within probably less than a minute, this super badass submissive who is known for being able to take anything you throw at her is absolutely hysterical begging and then safe words. I mean, absolutely frantic. And that was the singular moment that like the fetish that first got me even interested in BDSM came tumbling into my modern hardcore BDSM world. Because how fucking cool is that? How cool is it? It's really, really awesome. And the more you think about it, the cooler it is, right? People so underestimate this particular kind of torment, this particular thing. Excuse me. Um, they so underestimate what it's capable of. And that is when I realized that was the future for me. The future of my development as a dominant. And not just tickling, but the mental connection that was right there. Like finding a weakness, a spot, a thing that was so specific to this person, right? I mean, leave alone, like the, the fact that there was a lot of sexiness there. Like you have this gorgeous girl writhing around 
absolute hysteria bound to a table. And the, the aesthetic that I love of tickling where you have this pained but it's a smile and it's like almost like horrible joy. Leaving alone all of that, it's that personal connection, feeling that personal connection for the first time um, with a true submissive rather than like things you have in your childhood uh, that get you into these things. This was something really deep and really transformative for me. And that's why that's the first story I wanted to share with you. So I hope to have segments like this both with me and with my guests, kind of story time segments. Um, I know I'm not telling you all something super new, but I hope that you either feel some kind of kinship or in the same way that you can see, oh, maybe this is something that would interest me. Maybe this is something I could bring into my play. Because that's, again, what we're all about, bringing this community together and having these cool conversations. And... Yeah, that's why I love tickling. Like, that's the short version in one story, in one scene of what I love about tickling is that it can access this part of a person that really nothing else can. It Later I began to study neuroscience, among other things, and you learn that tickling literally not just figuratively, accesses part of the brain, does things to the brain and body that nothing else does. And I can't imagine not wanting to bring that into my BDSM play. I can't imagine not falling in love with that, but that's me. Um, yeah, that's where I'm, a lot of where my passion for it comes, right? Tickling is the only truly sadistic act that is, we believe, probably evolutionarily designed to make you want to do it to somebody that you actually like, right? That is at least one of the several theories as to where tickling came from and where it evolved, is that You see somebody laughing and you want to do this. You get a positive rather than a negative reaction from it. And you want to do it to them. Possibly to build up self-defense aspects, protective aspects, right? And it's the only thing like that that I know of where... You do something that's truly horrible because it has to be truly horrible as well, right? If they don't not want you to do it, if they don't fight against you doing it, if they don't resist you doing it, then it wouldn't make you, then it wouldn't serve as self-defense, right? It would just be pleasure, right? But on the same token, they, where they don't want you to do it, you're designed evolutionarily, it's, it's built into your psyche to want to do it. I just can't imagine anything better than that. That to me is super cool. And yeah, that's our story for today. And I'm not going to ramble on forever. I just wanted you to get a little idea of who I am and what I'm into, who Brutal is, and kind of where that 
connects to what sometimes, if you look at other things that I'm interested in, is a much darker BDSM aesthetic. Because I don't think that tickling is the odd man out. I don't think it's the one light thing I'm into. I don't think it's the one not dark like BDSM thing I'm into. In fact, it's usually the thing I take to the darkest place. It's usually the thing I take to the most extreme. Um, with tickling, I can be in a CNC type situation with a lot less fear of permanent damage, a lot less concern. Not that you don't have concern. I mean, obviously you're gonna have a lot of concern in any kind of CNC situation. Let's, let's pause and be clear there. But for me, like you can go into a tickling CNC situation, a scene, and you can have less concern over lasting physical damage um, and problems that sometimes arise with other CNC scenes. Uh, even though, of course, you always need to be, you know, safe, sane, and consensual and careful, right? Um, because CNC requires a great deal of care. We'll talk about that. I'll probably do an episode on that, actually. Um, but I think that tickling is a doorway to some extreme things in a somewhat safer manner, but that can have the most extreme reactions of anything I've worked with. I mean, I have talked to people about various limits since I was 18 years old. And let me tell you, I have had more people have tickling as a hard limit or be absolutely horrified of the idea of working with me when it comes to tickling than anything to do with, you know, heavy bondage, sadomasochism, right? Outside of like the big limits, the ones that you see, like, you know, children, animals, poop, you know, sometimes blood depending on the person. I've probably seen more, tickling is more of a limit than blood though, um, just to be, to be frank, but tickling causes that extreme reaction and that's what I love about it. So it's kind of funny that it's so often looked at as this light, playful side of BDSM. And it can be. There are lighter, playful ticklers and that's super cool. That's a different side of the fetish that I think is legitimate and awesome. But for me, it is the linchpin that connects that mental side of my dominance, the emotional side of my dominance, and the physical side of my dominance. And that's why when I was looking for a name, when I was looking for something to define my style of BDSM, it had to be tickling. Of course, it had to be tickling. Now there's a lot of other stuff and there's a lot of other things that play in. But yeah, I mean, that's where my passion is. And that's one of the main things that really keeps me coming back time after time after time to this community. Because it is the most fun that I can have in a scene. And one of my absolute favorites, probably Rope is the number two. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is fun, but tickling is really unique and special. And I hope that this podcast is going to give a chance to give light 
to other people's stories and other people's interests about what is so cool and unique and interesting about tickling. So that's the end of Storytime with Brutal. I hope this is a kind of regular segment. It may not be so long in the future, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you got to know a little bit about me, a little bit about the podcast and a little bit of what you can expect. I really hope that you liked it enough to hit that like button, subscribe. It really helps out the podcast, especially somebody as small as me doing something new. If you press that like button, get notifications when I come out with something new, it makes just such a tremendous difference at this stage in development. And it means a lot. And yeah, I hope to talk to you soon. I will keep the content rolling and we'll be getting more guests and more interesting topics. And this is Brutal, signing out.